Ask the podcast coach for August 11th, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. I'm dancing in my hotel room. Welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. And today I'm in Franklin, Tennessee. But uh, right over there, Omaha, Nebraska, the one, the only, Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. How's it going, Jim? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I don't know if dancing uh, in a hotel room or dancing with yourself is any better, but uh, good to be back on a Saturday morning. Hey, speaking of dancing in a hotel, we'll, we'll start off with a fun-filled tangent. Um, yeah. Some, somebody was dancing, he said in quotation marks, in the room next to me yesterday. Really? I, well, I was sitting there with my earbuds in, and I'm like, I think I hear a goose honk. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not in Ohio oh, anymore. Dancing. Dancing. <laughs> and I took out my, and I'm like, oh, that's not geese. <laughs> so I wanted to applaud. I, gotcha. I, I gotcha. wanted to applaud when they were done. I was like, oh. yes, that's some stamina, mm. my friend. Oh, we've, we've gone to wow. a dark place already. Um, that's an office. That's an office space joke or something there. Yeah. But it's, yeah. yeah but if, if you want to, uh, we are at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. And uh, we have a chat room out there. If you want to join us. Uh, you can go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash join, and uh, you will jump into the video. I guess I'm sounding okay. I'm looking okay. Yeah, I think so. I was worried because yeah, the, the hotel Wi-Fi is – it's, well, hotel Wi-Fi. Well, what we did this morning is we just reversed roles a little bit. So I started – I used my stuff to host the video. I've got pretty good bandwidth here at home. So I'm hosting the video for Dave, and then I sent him the embed code and said, hey, put this on the site, and then – I sent him the join link. It's exposed the other way around. But then, Dave, you've got a new piece of equipment that actually allowed you to do the music there, which is pretty cool. Yes, I'm actually – I decided, hey, you know what? That that uh, balance on my credit card is way too low. Uh, and I went out and bought a uh, sound devices – I've even got the sticker to prove it – a sound devices uh, Mix Pre 6. So thank you, Daniel J. Lewis, for having a link on your website. <laughs> and uh, – yeah, it's 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 a mixer, it's a recorder all in a box. And when I get home, I'm having a giant garage sale. I'm going to be like, "All right, who wants the old Behringer mixer? Who wants this? Who wants that?" Um, so You want to you want to show that real fast? You want to take the camera down? Yeah, we will uh it I wish I could I know there's a way I can adjust the um the whatever you call it, the brightness on this. I just can't figure it out. But yeah, so up here at the top, I am I've got a, a stereo recording of 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 everything. And I'm in channel one, Jim is in channel two. And when I do the old, uh, that's on channel three. And then over here, when I click, uh, when I talk, it turns, uh, green. You can see, I'm actually kind of peaking if I get too loud. And yeah, then if I, if I talk, I'm on the second channel yeah, right there. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's pretty sweet. And, um, I just see me doing, I don't know. I like going on the road. And what happened this week is I have, um, there's a show without warning uh, done by an actual private investigator who hired me to help her launch her podcast. And I was at Podcast Movement. And she said, you know, we're doing a launch party, a, a launch party. Yeah, she's from Boston. We're doing a launch party. Come on down. She's doing a launch party on the 11th. It'd be great if you could make it. And I was like, mm, it's an eight-hour drive. I, boy, I'd really like to because I'm really – I for this, this, this tugs at my heart because there's a mom somewhere that lost her daughter, and she still wants this solved. And so I was really thinking I was going to go. And then it just so happened Angus uh, Nelson, who helps run the uh, Nashville uh, Podcasters Meetup, which is a great group. I mean, literally, like probably 50 people said, hey, we're having a meeting Wednesday. If you ever want to come down, we'd love to have you. And uh, and I said, well, you know what? Uh, I'm thinking about it. So I had to, to work with Libsyn a little bit. I said, hey, I'm going to leave early on whatever day, Tuesday. So I got here Tuesday, late Tuesday night. Hung around Wednesday, went to the meetup, and then last uh, Thursday went out for pizza. We had another little meetup uh, with David Hooper and some folks. And then last night, I just actually wanted a night to kind of chill and play with a new toy, of course. And uh, and then so today, um, after I get out of here, I'm going to check out, uh, basically get ready to go to this uh, party from 2 to 6. And I'm going to drive as much as I can drive, uh, pull over wherever that is and uh, sleep for the night and then wake up in the morning and drive home. So that's the plan. But uh, when it, when it was two events in Nashville and I loved Nashville, it's a fun place. And I knew this group because uh, they had kind of a makeup um, on the spur Nashville podcasters meetup at David's Podfecta event. 
and I knew there were a lot of people here. So it's uh, it was cool. So I saw you in a video. You were at a, at a pretty serious studio. You did a closet studio. Oh, yeah. and then you talk a little bit. You learn anything in there? Yeah, Danny Osment does uh, Emerald City Productions, and it's funny because he gives me his address. He goes, oh, "I live in Franklin too." Well, Franklin apparently is pretty big, and I'm driving, and it's funny because I drive past a horse place. So instantly I think of Glenn the Geek and I drive next to the one thing and somebody's got a bunch of goats. And now when I think of goats, I think of Elsie Escobar because she's got a little baby goats and stuff like that. And I go to Danny, beautiful house. And what he did is he moved from Washington, D.C. to to more or less Franklin, but Nashville-ish to be near the music scene. He's actually a drummer and he's uh, a recording engineer. I mean, straight up, that's what he did. So he built a studio in his house. Like he was having this house built, beautiful house, but he is in like the country. I mean, he's out in the middle of nowhere, which is cool because, you know, when you're you're making loud music, you don't want to annoy the neighbors. And he had this one room with the drums in it and all this, you know, treatment on the walls and fake brick to absorb sound. It was really, really cool. And then you, I, I went to walk into his room where he mixes and it was like one of the most dead rooms I've ever been. Like there was no bouncing. And he said, it's interesting. He'll be on like Skype and he goes, I don't have to wear headphones because nothing bounces off and goes back into the microphone because it's really cool. So that was, I started to show that room and Facebook is like, up, oh, lost the connection. He goes, yeah, you're not. He goes, I'm really impressed you had that much of a connection. He goes, it doesn't matter who you are, Sprint, right? He goes, nobody gets a signal out here. And I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of not cool. So, and he said, even on his Wi-Fi, he goes, he has a hard time sometimes. He goes, it's hmm. just he goes, we are in the middle of of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, maybe okay. it's all that sound treatment. Yeah, so who knows? Down. Could be. Slow uh, down. Don't know, but it was uh, it was impressive. And uh, he's a really really good guy. I've I've known him a little bit because he sponsored the school of podcasting for a while, and then uh, and he's kind of now. He's got this studio, and he says it's kind of weird because it was made for bands to come out and record live. And he goes. To a certain extent, a lot of bands now are recording at home. Right. You know, he goes, if, if somebody really wants to come out and record the band live, he goes, you know, it's a great place to come. But a lot of guys, especially if it's, you know, uh, a Jim Croce kind of thing where it's a, a guy, a guitar, and a vocal, you know, you don't need all this stuff. But he had a cool vocal booth. He had all sorts of fun stuff. I was like, ooh, this is oh, super cool. Like, Did you see anything in there? Like any takeaways of like, oh, I'd like to, man, I'd love to do this. He just, he had, I wish I could remember the name of it, but he had this like sound designer come in. He's got his two studio monitors that were like not your typical sitting on your, you know, these were not Logitech speakers, you know? And he said, the sweet spot is about, you know, two feet above the the keyboard. And I'm sitting there and I'm like this. And all of a sudden I got to that spot and it was just like, whoo. And the, the <laughs> sound like the guy was right. It was just amazing, the sound of it. And he said the the company that he's using for this, um, they actually come out like once a quarter and fine tune it. Like mm. apparently, I don't wow. know, weather or whatever can have some sort of, but it was, it was amazing. And then he had a, he brought out like a demo disc of stuff and it was just he had this cool. He had two subwoofers, and but that's where he mixes his stuff. And I was like, e- yeah, this is this Pretty is nice. this is real. Th- these are the real toys. Yeah. This is the pro yeah. stuff. So it was uh, it was very very cool. So, but nothing really learned. Uh, the the biggest okay. thing I learned in Nashville was at the meetup, and there was a guy that does. Uh, there's a an event going on in Nashville called uh, Story2018.com, and so their their speakers were all about telling stories. And, you know, we're so used to, you know, ask the podcast coach for August 11th, blah, 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 hit the music and here we go. And they were more about, they called it the hero quote where, and again, a lot of their stuff was interviews and people telling stories. So you you grab a piece of it, you put that there. And a lot of times, you know, there'll be the quote where it's, you know, um, it's a quote from, I don't know, Glenn Hebert. And Glenn says, above all else, don't be boring. And then I go, hey, school of podcasting today, hit it, ladies. And instead they're saying, like, why not go? What is boring? You know, boy, and then you just start and you just continue the story and then maybe you you fade in and their music was not see I'm more high energy fun educational. And that was the one thing I was really glad they said is towards the end they said realize this is one way to do an intro. This may right. not work for everybody else and I'm like hallelujah because I could see everybody going, "Oh, I've got to go home and do my I've got to redo my intro." So, uh it was uh that was really cool. It's, in fact, I actually emailed him. The guy's name is Chad Michael at chadmichael.com. And um, 
The other thing that I asked, which was cool, is they have this phenomenal. I mean, the guy's got Pro Tools open and he's showing, you know, what a session looks like. And there's just, I mean, it's it's major, major uh, storytelling, NPR kind of style stuff. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But they also had a team of six. And they actually had one guy that edits, and then the other guy takes his edits and then is like a soundscaper or something like that. And he's the guy that moves in the music. And then they what they did, and this is one thing that I was like, hmm, that's a different uh, – that's something I didn't think of. They have everything transcribed, and they even mentioned Temi, uh, but they use Rev and Temi. <laughs> and uh, they said what they use the transcript for is editing. They go through and read it and go, yeah, that's got to go. That's got to go. And it was like, huh, that could be a time saver. Uh, Well, we've talked about that software, right? That does that. that Yeah. Right. And you can, you edit the transcript and it it edits the audio. And I I hadn't thought about using the transcripts as a visual kind of representation of it to make sure it makes sense. That's a good idea. It's a really good idea. Yeah. So it was, uh, that's that's when I went, hmm, marking it down, you know. Um, so and right, it, the other thing right. was that uh, – you see, I'm, I'm starting to do the school of podcasting now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that. You get, you'll get angry listeners. I'll get angry listeners going, you did a rerun. Don't do it again. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so all in all, I'm, I'm glad it came down. I, I will be – I am kind of – the fact that it was kind of back – almost back to back with podcast movement, I'm a little homesick. I'm kind of like, you know – I'm. I'm tired yeah. of not really knowing where anything is and, you know, so uh, that whole night. It, it gets, a, you get out of your routines, right? And and you, you just kind of long for some of those same yeah. local routines that you have. Yeah. I want to yeah. know where the grocery store is. I was happy to yeah. go into a Kroger. Kroger used to be in Ohio and they're not. Yep. And I was like, oh, I get to go into a Kroger. So, and the fact that the guy asked me if I, if I had a Kroger card and I said no. And he said, you want me to get you one? And I was like, get you? All right, that's a, I'm in the south. I'm like, all right, cool. Want me to get you one? Yeah. Um, what, let's talk about meetups real quick because I think there's a with you being down there and you just going to a meetup and they have a pretty successful meetup. It sounds like numbers and meetups are not easy to do. Like, no. I I don't think they're the first one is always popular and then the second one, third one just dive. I and I don't know what that is about meetups and why that goes, but if you were to think of of some tips that we would give. For, for folks that are starting meetups, Dave, what, what would you say if, if you're thinking about starting one in your area? Well, for me, I always have, it sounds weird, but I always have some sort of topic. And what I do a horrible job of letting people know what the topic is. Like I should pick the topic, like I should pick next month's topic at this month's meeting. Like at the end of it, I said, what do you guys want to talk about? And then do it and make a graphic and promote it. I don't do that very well. So that's... uh. That's something. And and just by having, even if it's like five, 10 minutes of content of a topic, that shows that, hey, I'm putting some time into this. It's worth showing up. The other thing that they did that I was kind of like, ooh, I missed that, is I used to, when I started the, the Northeast Ohio Podcasters Meetup, I worked at a training company. So I had classrooms. We could just show up there and we had projectors. And so now we're meeting at like Books a Million because it's uh, it's right off the expressway or and and that whole nine yards. But I'm like, I kind of miss the ability to demonstrate stuff. Because um, now if I do that, I will, uh, you know, I'll bring printed handouts or I'll try to show something on an iPad. But the the fun thing is, is some week, some months I'll have five people, other times I'll have ten. And iPads don't work when you've got ten people. So I missed the ability to kind of demonstrate stuff. And that's what they were doing. They had this big, giant screen. And what it is is uh, one of the organizers works at a location that's kind of one of those places where if you work from home, you can come work in a this little united place. So uh, so that was kind of cool. So that's that would be that. And then just um, for me, at least, I've found more success having the meetup in one location. Like it's been books a million now for a couple months uh, because for a while I was moving and I was like, hell, let's do one in Cleveland. Let's do one in Akron. Let's do one in Canton. And I still kept getting five people. There were five different people. Right. And so that was kind of, uh, you know, a thing that, that was working, but not really. And then I just went, well, wait a minute, if I'm going to just, and I don't, I hate the word just, but if I'm just going to get five people, uh, why don't we do it five minutes from my house? <laughs> right. No, I, I think as a, as a, 
um, as a meetup leader, I think you have to make it as convenient for you as possible. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll stop doing it. I mean, they're hard to do as it is. And if you got to drive an hour across town or you got to go in traffic, you know, I think you're less likely to put kind of the energy into it. And I, and I think the energy of the leader is what matters. Yeah. Like if, if the, if the, the leader doesn't have the energy, it's not going to happen. It's just, you, you just gotta, so one, you gotta make it, um, kind of work out in your favor. And then I think location and time is key and you can't, you know, you cannot please everyone. You're right. going to miss people. It just is going to happen. But eventually people will ad- adjust and adapt to that time. And if it's worth it, they'll come, yeah. you know, they'll come to it. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, Something that I've I'm found that you'll get maybe three new people and then one will come back and then you get another three new people and one will come back so it's slowly building up and and uh, Angus Nelson who is one of the organizers of that said we started off with like five people he goes right. it, it took us a while but you know we're getting up there um, Craig says in the chat room I asked the chat room for some yeah. advice and they said he said have focus like editing show art promotion so that every meetup becomes a learning experience take turns giving short talks about your podcast. And I, and I think that, or bring a vendor in and, and give a, give a vendor 30 minutes, like say, Hey, come and talk about this mix pre, you know, mm. Hey, come talk about this. We're going to have them talk about this for 30. And then there's going to be a round table where everybody, we're going to talk about this question. Maybe it's album art or maybe it's intros or maybe it's show notes or it's me, you know, those kinds of things. Um, I think we'll keep, people engaged if no they know they're going to learn something and get a chance to give some input uh, i think you have better chances there yeah that's what we do we always have at least at my meetups it's always you know we kind of greet each other uh and then we usually introduce everybody and then dave will talk for 10 15 minutes and then it's like okay open q a you know and at that point we kind of know everybody said hey i'm so and so my podcast is such and such and then inevitably somebody will say, Hey, uh, you said your show was about such and such. Can you, you know, go deeper into that? And then somebody be like, I had a question. I'm trying to record Skype, blah, blah, blah. And we go into just the open Q and a. So, uh, but yeah, I'm actually uh, for the, um, I haven't set the date yet, but for, um, I'm jumping the gun. Uh, yeah, we'll do this now. Our four awesome supporters. Oh, there um, you go. um, Hey, early is better than late. Yeah. Usually we go late on these guys. So uh, what I'm doing is uh, Colin Gray, Dr. Colin Gray from, I believe it's thepodcasthost.com. Um, he does a podcast, super nice guy. He's from Scotland. And um, he uh, he made this tool. I want to say it's something like a Thule. It's a bizarre little name. And I, I apologize to him at Podcast Movement because he gave me like a beta tester. And I said, dude, I logged in and I've never, never, that's as far as I got. I said, I got, you know, I said, I feel bad because, you know, you're looking for my opinion. I said, I'd give you one. I didn't. And he goes, dude, not, not a problem. And I said, would you be willing to do a demo for the school of podcasting slash ask the podcast coach people? And he said, sure. So uh, we're setting up the date on that. And it's probably, and this is, that's the good news. The bad news is uh, it's probably going to be sometime like, 11 o'clock in the morning or something. Cause I said, dude, I don't want you staying up till like four in the morning to, to do this. I said, we'll find a time. And he was saying a lot of time it, it ends up being for me, at least Eastern standard. He goes, they'll probably be somewhere in, in the late morning. And I'm like, that's fine. I said, we'll just record it and then I'll, I'll throw it in. So that's, uh, that's coming. But speaking of our awesome supporters, uh, if you go to ask the slash awesome, we have awesome people like, um, uh, Greg from Debt Shepherd at uh, DebtShepherd.com. Jonathan Bloom at WeeklyAwesome.com. Glenn Hebert at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Glenn just celebrated 10 years. He -hmm. put out a a graphic. It's like, you know, 50 sponsors, 4,000 episodes. It's it's insane. Uh, Josh Josh Rivers over at PodcastingExperiments.com. Max over at AviationNewsTalk.com. And Shane from Spybrary.com. So thank you for uh, being an awesome supporter and then uh, the other thing that I wanted I, – I have here in my notes that I don't think people know because I see a lot of people doing this in uh, Facebook groups is uh, do you know how many episodes are in your feed, Mr. Collison? Do, in which feed? Like uh, Home Gadget Geeks? Yeah. Well, 365. Okay. So if you go to iTunes, how many of those I are – that was a trick question. No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Like, uh, okay, so if I go to iTunes, what? How many episodes do you see? Well, I don't know. 
300. And, oh. and people freak out, and this is oh, why – That's right. That's right, because there's a limit, right? There's a limit. And so people will then like want to create a second version of their show. And so I said, well, wait a minute. If people subscribe mm-hmm. in, in Apple Podcasts – let's just use them as an, an example uh, – you see every one of your episodes. And so Kyle Bondo, who does Podfader, the Podfader some, – something about Podfading podcast. He also does Merchants of Dirt – which I love the name of that show. And he was saying, look, I'm using Pocket Casts, I think it was. Okay. Um, he said, I think I only see 300. And we're all trying to figure out, hey, if iTunes is limiting it to 300 and these other apps are pulling on the back end of, of Apple, maybe they're only going to see 300. Maybe that's why people are doing this second. Like John Lee Dumas has like six versions of his show because he's got mm-hmm. – you know, whatever thousands of yeah. episodes. And yeah. it turns out that, that Kyle said, no, no, no. He goes, I have to hit a button and say like, show more, but he can see all 628 episodes. So isn't there a setting in PowerPress or something yeah. that, that dictates that? Yeah. In PowerPress and in Libsyn, you can say how mm-hmm. many episodes you want in your feed. And yeah, so for I me, I default 50 or something yeah, like that. The default is 50 and it's a, it's a weird thing. If you make it too big, it might cause issues, but, I was like, hey, let's see what happens. So I put mine at infinity and it just well, shows up. Wasn't everything. that in the early days of RSS? Wasn't there some problems with feed size? It was, and so that's was, why that was invented. Yeah. It's, like it's when you put your feed into feed burner. And so that was, uh, <laughs> that's the perfect story. You know, there's a, there's a story of a, of a, of a mom who's baking a ham and she always cuts the end of the ham off before she puts it in the oven. And the daughter says, Mom, why do you cut the end of the hand off, ham off? And she says, I don't know. My, my mom always did that. So grandma <laughs> yeah. came over the next week and the daughter asked grandma, hey, grandma, why do you always cut your end of the ham off? She's like, oh, because my pan was only this big. Right? <laughs> and so that's exactly one of those kinds of situations where, you know, we have probably technology has probably outgrown some of those problems now. We probably don't have those same problems. We could probably show unlimited. Right amounts in the feeds now it's just not what it used to be so i I don't know it's maybe it's one of those things i guess i wouldn't i would dave i would never even think twice about show 301 or 301 shows back from now like i kind of think oh is it is it really that important it was probably an awful show anyways and so and it's old you know do i really want them to see it so maybe i don't you know yeah because kale kyle was like hey the earliest version i see is an episode called Your First Podcast Always Stings. I go, that's my first episode. I go, that's <laughs> if you can see that, you can see them all. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, I just don't. I, yeah, I don't. It, I don't know if that's that big of a deal, do you think? I, I don't, but it's... Yeah. Well, that, it goes back, I think we mentioned this last week, that I'm really starting to think people are over... It, it's, it's kind of one of those things, I was thinking about this today. On one hand, I tell people, you know, plan and figure out who your audience is and you know, do this and do that. But on the other hand, there's, I also go throw it out there and see what happens. And I, I do see, especially at the meetup where people are, you know, when you're six months into planning your podcast, I'm like, mm, that's, that's red flag in my book. That's, that's a little too much. They got to feel comfortable though. You know, and, and some people just are their talent makeup, right? Their design is set to, can, is set to perfection or set to, you know, that 95% or, or 99% perfection level. And it's, it's hard for them. You know, I think you and I are both wired to just launch and, and maybe not launch with the greatest quality, but 80% is good enough. Right. Yeah. And you can still continue to move forward with it. So I, f- I feel for those people, but usually when they do launch, their quality is, is much better. Yeah. Than, then, then somebody... than my quality was when I launched. Yeah. So you you have to, you, I think you have to kind of be patient with that um, and just let them find their space. It, it, Dave, it is a tough, you know, if you're going to iterate on this thing for a year, I don't know, maybe that's worth it for some people. Maybe they need that year of learning before they're ready to go. And we just need to kind of let them kind of let them be until they launch. Yeah. Daniel in the chat, I'm, I'm, I'm totally rocking. I got the, the iPad over there. I got the chat room on my phone. Nice. Uh, so Daniel in the chat room said, FeedBurner's limit was raised from 512 kilobytes to one megabyte a couple years ago. Uh, Blueberry's podcast, Mirror.com, their limit is four megabytes. So, And he's not sure what FeedBlitz is. but um, So yeah, that was, that was a problem back in the day with, uh, with FeedBurner. 
But well, I, I just don't think it's that much of an issue anymore for most no. people. I mean, it's just not one of those things. Hey, just to circle back around, Quasi had yeah. when we were talking about meetup stuff. I thought he had a good idea. He says at a local meetup here in Vegas, the organizer created a podcast for the meetup group to allow people to practice. So, to kind of what we were talking about, like some people just need that kind of push to get going, and if mm-hmm. they're afraid to start doing it or whatever. So, uh, from from talking on the mic, editing, and uploading. Then allow people to record a short 10-minute podcast from the meetup for the podcast to plug their show in the group. Right? So how cool would that be? You're at a meetup. You, oh, that's you cool. Some microphones, practice some stuff, create some promos. You know, it, it would be awesome, Dave, if I was at a meetup with you and I'd say, hey, Dave, let's sit down and let's create a 20-second bumper where you say, you know, something like, hey, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Great to be here with Jim on Home Gadget Geeks, come and listen to you know, something like right. that, some kind of bumper, right? Well, that's, And you could record those right there. That'd be kind of cool. That's what Jeff um, Brown does for his Read the Lead podcast. He has, because he interviews authors about books and such, and he will ask them, will you do a bumper for me? So he starts off every show with the author going, whatever, you're listening to Jeff Brown, Read the Lead, I'm so-and-so from such-and-such or whatever. So he starts off with, with a bumper from a guest. And I'm like, that's kind of a cool idea. That uh, I might have, yeah. have people. Yeah, I, you know, I don't hear, and maybe I'm not in that space anymore. But I don't hear a lot of those cross promotional mm-hmm. bumpers like I used to. That that was a big deal for a while, where we had everybody kind of sharing stuff. And I haven't. It, maybe I've dropped out of those circles. It's very possible. I just I'm not following those kinds of people anymore. So no, I think it's um, more. I think it's more. Let's swap interviews than let's swap promos. You know. Yeah, maybe so. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. I I love having other podcasters on my podcast because they just they know how to do it. They have a microphone. Oh, man. I you know I right? I open up the floodgates to start taking interviews on my weight loss show, and the first person showed up with a blue yeti on the wrong setting, oh, and I was like, oh, yeah. I miss podcasters. <laughs> so um, it is. It, it's it's the quickest way if you're if you're you know if you have guests. I think getting other podcasters as guests is the best. You get the best quality, the fastest. You get some good promotion. They know how to do it, right? I just think that's a good place they get to it. start. I just, I, I just connected. Rich Hay is one of the podcasters in my circles, and he does, um, he does observe this one called Observe Tech Podcast, and and talk about a different genre. Rich does a quick rundown of the week's news, but he doesn't. It's no commentary. It's just what happened. So he's like, this happened, and some details. This happened, and some details. It is like you know, rapid fire machine gun. If you want to know what's going on in the space without any chit chat or commentary, it's all rich. Now, when I listen to that podcast, I get frustrated because when I listen to it at 1.4 speed and he already (laughs) talks fast. And so there's, there's moments I literally stop it and have to breathe. I'm like, okay, rich, you're like, maybe I should slow this thing down, you know, but that's another, I mean, again, another way of doing a podcast that's really different. He, he, Rapid fire news, you know, news bits. But Rich comes on every every six months for me and gives an update on on Microsoft and Windows and some of the stuff is his niche. So it's been really, really and he looks forward to it. I've got this podcaster, Erin Lawrence. Um, she's in Canada and she makes videos and works for Best Buy. She's perfect in my genre. And so she fits in and comes in and she's great on camera and she knows how to kind of work the audience and make sure she's bringing great content I never have to worry about. Her content, she has three or four stories that she brings in from her blog, nice. which is awesome. So for me, it's really, really helpful to partner with other podcasters. Yeah. Ross says, the Blue Yeti has a right setting? Actually, it has a better setting. Let's go that route. If you put it, I always tell people, look for the one that looks like a heart. It's kind of like mm-hmm. this. Uh, put it on that. Get a pop filter on that thing and and get up on it. It's not a bad mic. I always said it's, it's not, it's, it's that most people have it set to the pickup in every direction. It's about three feet from them. And it's, yeah, it's. All- I wish I didn't. I bought the USB version and I wish I had bought the pro version because I would plug that thing in to the, I, I don't like doing it USB. I would plug that thing XLR, put it on my mount because I've got a, um, you know, I've got a, um, uh, what do you call those things where it goes in on the, on the, it's got a rack. I keep wanting to call it a rack, but it's a mount, right? I've yeah. got the mount and the windscreen. For oh, okay. It, yeah. Which were not, um, not cheap. I mean, 
that windscreen is like 65 bucks. Yes, yeah, that's I always tell people by the time you buy the shock mount and the pop filter for the Blue Yeti, you've spent three times as much if you bought something else. Uh, Daniel says the, ble- the best setting on the Blue Yeti is remove from cart. <laughs> and he said they also then uh, have it pointed incorrectly. So they're talking. Well, they, try, they try to talk into the, the top, top of it. it. Yeah. yeah. So we don't see many having that problem anymore. And and I think that that Yeti Blue is the the best first mic you ever buy that you move away from pretty quick because you realize it just it literally picks up even in the right settings, it picks up everything. It's its field is gigantic and it just it picks literally picks up anything. My chair squeaks a little bit. You're hearing it. Right. So even even with all the settings right, and and this is where USB on it's not very good because you don't get a lot of control on those things. You have a mm-hmm. volume control to your headset. You've got a little bit of a gain control on the mic itself, but it's not it's not granular enough. And and so for the USB version of it, man, you that is where you need to have kind of a quiet room and it needs to be well treated and it will pick up sound bouncing off the walls. So. I just don't like it because it's not as forgiving as a mic. It, it, if when you get it tuned right, it'll really sound pretty good. Yeah, because I know but, Rob Walsh uses one for his uh, today in podcasting, so it it can sound decent. But you just got to have the the right technique. And and now they have a thing called the Yeti Caster, and it's basically a big boom arm. So it's already got the shock mount is hanging upside down. But again, to me, I'm just like it's not horrible. Just there are better options for a lot less money. So it'll, um, it'll be, we talked about this last week, but it will be interesting to see what Logitech does with them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Yeti's marketing prowess has been really good because they just they give a lot of stuff away. They're in a lot of places. They have sexy looking. I mean, they're yeah. engineered to look really sexy. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You know, you know, blue mics, they look fabulous. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are. They are incredible the way they look. Well, and they and, just look good. And they're yeah. in Best Buy. That's when I walked in about I'm like, oh, here's another reason why everybody's buying Blue Yetis. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. in Best Buy. They are, and they're fairly inexpensive. And I think they're going to clearance. I, I bet Logitech, as they come out with a different line or changing the you know, the brand, uh, yeah. changing the names on the boxes and things like that, I bet those things get clearanced out of there. You know, Best Buy, you'll probably be able to pick one up for 50 bucks. That'll be interesting to see if you would think they would keep the blue name. It's not like they're going to. You know, you you spent all this money building a brand. I don't know. That'll be yeah. that'll, it. Will no? I'm sure Logitech does not. They they are very brand savvy. So I you will see Logitech show up on that. But maybe it's going to be blue by Logitech or something. You know, and then they'll have. Remember, the Yeti is the name of the mic. So they have a whole bunch of different. You know, they have a, a bunch of different mics on it in, in their line. So I don't know. Powered by, I, I doubt it'll be that, but it, it will be, um, I don't think they'll, they'll do the name change. Daniel says Logitech probably won't change the name. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they don't change it for other brands, but they will, um, well, they, they own Jabra and they haven't, they haven't really, um, slapped their name all over that one. So I, uh, maybe I, I could be wrong. Maybe is, they'll, maybe they'll leave it. What is Jabra? It sounds like. It's, Jabra's they make uh they're known for making Bluetooth headsets. Oh. And they, they made plugged in headsets before. So they're uh they're in that office, you know, they're in the enterprise space where right. they make kind of office equipment and they're known for their headsets. Interesting. So, pretty good. They they were the they were one of the first ones out to really, you know, they were making those little Bluetooth yeah. um that nobody that we thought everybody wanted to have but you look like a douche when you're when you're walking around with one of <laughs> talking those talking to nobody here it is weird that it's because i was walking around recording things on facebook in the parking lot here and people are you know walking out and they just see a guy holding his phone up talking in the air and they're like it's just normal now that there's a guy just talking into his phone or whatever. Oh, is it normal? It, I, I still don't think it's completely yeah, normal. Yeah, it's probably not. I, I, I don't still look. I don't know if they look at me like I'm crazy now. They just go, oh, look at the you know douchebag. Yeah, look at the important guy. <laughs> oh, look at the important guy. <laughs> yes. ah, my Autobahn, ah, yeah. Germany. Ah, I'm going to China. Ah, first class. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I did see this question in one of the Facebook groups. This is from Tim Smith. Says there are times I use Boss Jock for recording, and we'll stop right there. I did talk to Dave Mansueto, who's one of the guys behind Boss Jock, and I said, "Dude, what's up with Boss Jock?" And he said, "We're either going to fix it 
or take it out behind the barn and shoot it. And he says they're trying to, to re-engineer it on a different kind of platform. But he's like, yeah, so they're they're working on it. They haven't completely abandoned it. But in this case, Tim says he's using Boss Jock on his iPhone. Works great, except for right now I'm having others contribute MP3 files. The problem with this is that the volumes are all over the place. First you can't hear, then your ears are being blown out. Uh, there is a volume slider bar in Boss Jock, but you have to eyeball it, and it doesn't work very well. Even when I use it, it doesn't seem to make much difference. Maybe there's some volume leveling in Boss Jack that I don't see, but I don't think so. What I truly need is an app that works like the Levelator. Is there such a thing? Is there some other simple fix that does not involve, and here's the thing, going to the computer? Because I was going to say, oh, Auphonic. And I'm like, mm, you can actually, there is an Auphonic app. I think you could do it that way. Uh, but I just heard... I can never remember, help me out, chat room, the name of the editing thing on the iPad. It's like Ferret or Verit or something. But I just read where somebody was saying that that now has built-in leveling and uh, noise removal. So it's kind of got a uh, – but they were saying that Ferret, yeah, or Ferrite, F-E-R-R-I-T-E. And somebody was just saying this is like the best thing ever because I'm kind of like, look, if you're going to do a podcast or you need to edit, like, you know, love it or not, get a computer, would you? And so the more I need yeah. to to start examining this software because it's sounding more and more like you can actually do some editing. I just to me I can't see cuz sometimes I do some pretty precision editing if I'm if I'm in the mood. And I can't see doing that with my fingers on a on an iPad. I was like I think that would drive me crazy, but um if that seems to be that that is now seems to be the go-to now for as Boss Jock gets a little more and more old in the tooth here, that uh, ferret for right for whatever that is, um, is uh, the thing to to play with at least. So I need to, to check that out. I just don't know that I'm still of the school. And this is where maybe I just, I'm the old guy saying, get off my lawn. To me, I'm like, you need a computer. I mean, in the end, you know, just because you can do it on an iPad, I'm like, it's just so much easier to do on a computer. So mm-hmm. it, it, No, it really is. It it just is. And audio processing does not take that much horsepower. Yeah. So for most people, even an older PC would work or an older Mac, you know, either way. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it, it, I, I, I don't know how you do it mobile. I just, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> that would drive me crazy. Daniel says, Alexa, edit my podcast. <laughs> how great would that be? Actually, that'd be a really good service for Auphonic in Alexa where ah, you, you say, go. right, pull it in and just, it would run through Auphonic service. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I love, although it's one click, come on, maybe two. I yeah. got to click import, then the file, and then it's actually three or four. Then it's, because on Auphonic, right, you got to click produce, you got to say, do it. And then it, there's another screen and then it's like, okay, no, I really wanted you to start it. So yeah. <laughs> you have to go click ahead. it twice. Yeah, on Auphonic on the, on the website. I use the website version of it to um, so I upload it. I you know I ought to now that I, now that I'm thinking about this. One of the things that takes me the longest now in my um, in my production flow is that upload just the upload to Auphonic. So you know I'm yeah. uploading an hour and fifteen minutes worth of audio, and their servers must not be able to take those very fast because it takes. A wow. good 45 minutes for me to upload that thing. And then it's got a process and that's not too bad. And I know on the desktop, I can just do it all locally, right? I, oh, could, I could buy their desktop software and just do it all locally. I have, a, I have a pretty powerful PC here. Maybe I had to think about switching over. I've paid for the, I pay for the web service. What would I need to do for the, to get desktop? Do I have to buy something new? You, yeah, you have to buy the, it's, I want to say 80 bucks. But for yeah. me, the time it saved waiting for things to upload was like, oh. And yeah. the things that the web version does that the desktop doesn't like, it does the ID3 tagging. It will actually, if you want, you can upload like an intro and an outro, and it'll stitch it in there for you. It'll upload it to Libsyn and other services, I'm assuming. So it does all the stuff to where it's kind of a one-stop shop. But I don't need that. I, I just need it. I, I'm more interested in level out the audio, remove some of the hiss, and I'll do yeah. the rest. So oh, I just love the quality I get with yeah. it when I'm done. It's I put it early in my workflow so that I get that upload running like first. Right. So that yeah. it it has its time to 
the problem is I'm uploading that and then I start uploading YouTube videos and then I'm moving my video RSS <laughs> videos over to Mediafire, you know, and you're, so you get about four or five different things uploading. I'm only 10 up. And so I, I fill the whole pipe up. Yeah. All you know, pretty yeah. Uh, Emily says, Joel Sharpton does the majority of his editing using his iPad. And have we figured out how to pronounce this yet? For right. Uh. Right. Let's just go with that. Right. Sounds better than Ferret. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, some plugins that are much cheaper than the desktop versions. And then mm-hmm. uh, Mike was saying, what is it with these people that, that think, you you know, an iPad is magic and you can do everything on it because, well, you can't. It's, a, it's an iPad. So that'll be interesting to see how that's going to turn out. But uh, I'm with you. I, I, I love Auphonic, but... I, maybe it's just me. I like being on a computer. I'm just like, to me, it's yeah. just, it's just easier, but it's, it's like creating graphics. It's, yeah. That's really hard to do on a mobile device. Not impossible. And some can do it, but I, and you know, and I guess it depends on the tools that you use, but this is get off my lawn, Dave. We are keyboard and mouse <laughs> kind of people. <laughs> it. And it's like, uh, yeah. Um, and, fair right. I guess is what Emily is saying. Thanks for the, thanks for the fair. The phonetic. Right. There we go. Yeah, and right. Eileen says Fair their right. interface is kind of scary. That was me. I mean, Fair I've learned right. a lot of software, and it did not scream intuitive to me. It was mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, I understand multi, you know, multi-track. I've used about everything there is to use on that, and it was just like, hmm, I'm going to need to read the manual on this. But that's probably due to the fact that it probably does a fair amount of stuff. But I just, for me, I was like, that mm, one. I'm just going to open up and. Well, but think about your your that new hardware that you got that yeah. makes pre six. Yeah. That's not necessarily no. take it out of the box, but no, that's actually that's not true. You literally took it out of the box, set it up without reading the instructions, and you have it working. Yeah, I uh, I so, the only thing I looked for uh, that I downloaded the manual is I was trying to see if there was a limit to the size of the SD card you could put into it, and when it said like the one thing was like five hundred twelve gigs, I'm like I'm going to take that as a no limit. Uh, uh, the SD card. Yeah. And man, are those things cheap. I got a... Um, yeah, what'd you get? You went to Best Buy to pick it up? So you paid retail. You didn't even get it off Amazon. Yeah, and so... What'd you, what'd you pay? It was, I think it's 128 gigs. Right. 20 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, done. Yeah. You know, and it's in the whole thing. And then you start... That's one of those things that you looked at. And I was like, oh, wait, I can do this one which is even more, but it's, you know, it's another 10 milliseconds faster. And then all of a sudden I look up and I'm looking at 80 bucks. I'm like, wait a minute. I, 128 gigs is a huge amount of space. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. The pricing now we on home gadget geeks, we've been spending a bunch of shows talking about SSD pricing and SSDs are now down to 15 cents a gig. And that's like, that's not even, that's not even the best pricing. We've seen it as low as 13 cents a gig. And so we're talking about a terabyte at 150 bucks. And that's all insane. of a sudden you kind of go, why don't I have yeah. an SSD? You know, why, why am I not? So if you're, I think if you're still, your main desktop is still a spinning disc. Now is the time. Like you can get, even on the Windows side, you can, you really need, I, you know, my recommendation would be nothing smaller than 250 gig. Right. I, I, it, Windows yeah. doesn't take up that much, but it, it it's just one of those things. You get, you could do 120 if you wanted to. That right. would get you there. But those drives right now are 40 or 50 bucks. So you you could really, if you haven't thought this through, maybe it's time to replace that spinner and uh, and put an SSD in. They're super cheap. My stepson had an old iMac or uh, Mac, the little thing that looks like a toaster, um, Mac Mini, and he put a an SSD card in it. And it was like night and day. It was a completely oh. different machine. And then it's, it's one of those things that I now know. It's funny you say that. Cause I was thinking about this the other day that I should start putting away, I don't know, 50 bucks a month. I have uh there's a couple online banking things you can do where you can put money away that you don't see it. It's still there, but it's, you don't see it. Cause I'm like, if I did that, you know, uh, in a year, I could, it's, it's going to be time to upgrade my, my computer. I've had it for probably five or six years. It's fine. It's doing what I want. But I noticed when I upgraded to the latest version of Camtasia, which is funny because they're saying, Hey, latest version of Camtasia, faster editing, faster, blah, blah, blah. And my computer's kind of choking on it just a little bit. And I'm like, ah, you know what? Hmm. Okay. Cause I was really, I was tempted to actually downgrade to the old version. 
because it just seems like, especially when I go to render a video, it's like, well, I guess I'll go walk around the block and uh, maybe do some laundry and I'll come back and it'll be done. It's really Mm -hmm. significantly slower. And I actually went out and there were other people are like, hey, it seems slower. And they're like, nope. And I'm like, hmm. So. Yeah. Can I get really nerdy? Let me get tech nerdy for just a second on this. This is good. This pertains to everybody around slowness of their PCs. I need some sort of like jingle, like nerd out, nerd out. So we need Al, Al, Weird Al's white and nerdy (laughs) uh, uh, as a, as a, uh, as a promo song. Um, For most people, you know, there was this thing called Spectre and Meltdown that happened, oh, you know, last fall. It was a big deal. You know, basically, Intel kind of admitted that in a lot of the the code that we have out there for the processing, there was some guessing of executable, you know, things that were going on that they were um, that they were making through hardware and software on calculations that could be could be watched and that information could be stolen off the drive. So, in other words, your processor was not secure. Let's just put it that way, right? So, it's a big deal. There's a lot of things, but they were doing this for speed enhancements on processors going back like 10 years. So everybody's PC had this vulnerability. So everybody's been taking that out of their, so Microsoft's and Apple and even ARM processors are, um, are, have been, um, affected in this. Everybody's taking this speculation, um, uh, piece out of the, uh, out of the code, but it slows everything down because they were doing this to speed things up. So now, of course, it's like, well, okay, sorry, we can't do this because it creates a gigantic vulnerability. Chances are, if you've upgraded your firmware, which is what you have to do to get rid of this vulnerability. By the way, for most people, this is a vulnerability they'll never have to worry about in a million years. It's not like someone's snooping on your computer, but you still probably want to be secure, right? So if you've if you've done a massive upgrade or you've upgraded your firmware, you've done some of those kinds of things like that, you may have noticed things are a little slower than they were before. You just, you, you may see that. So if all of a sudden you kind of go, huh, man, this PC doesn't seem as fast as it used to be. Well, that it may be because they've updated the, you know, they've updated the software and the firmware to, to take some of those unsecure bits out. It would really affect people if they're using older processors where you were just on the edge, like of not being right. able to do this. This will push you over the edge. So if you have a four or five year computer and all of a sudden it seems slower, it's probably time to upgrade. And that'll all be fixed in the future and modern processors. Don't worry about those kinds of things. But it is one of those pieces that's that they made a big deal about it last fall. Then haven't been talking about it, but been slowly rolling out these patches and these updates and stuff like that. If all of a sudden you realize things are slower than they were, chances are you've been affected by it. So they're super nerdy for you. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but that could affect you. I just realized, well, I'm going to nerd out as with you. If you can throw that in the chat room for yeah, me. Yeah. Um, this is from uh, Scott Johnson, who does the Computer Tutor Florida show. And I've yet to use this tool myself, but I, I trust uh, Scott. He's a computer repair guy. And he was talking about void, V-O-I-D, tools.com. And he said, if you're doing any kind of searching for files on your computer, he goes, I don't understand why Windows doesn't have something this fast. He goes, but... I don't know what it does, but it somehow makes searching for your computer. Cause I've done that on occasion. You're like, wait, I know I have this file somewhere. And then you go in and there are tools, but it's like, it's another one where you're like, okay, let it search and it'll, you know, I'll go walk around the block and maybe it'll find it. Cause it will eventually find it if it's there. But, uh, it probably builds an index. That's what Cause if you, if you build indexes on windows, it actually goes pretty fast. Just yeah. that's turned off by default and creates a lot of overhead. So it's probably goes in and indexes them for you. But I'm glad you said you were talking about computers that are like right on the edge because that reminded me of the phrase on the bubble which just dawned on me that i read our awesome supporters and i looked at people that were donating twenty dollars a month and i forgot our biggest one which of course is josh liston from on the bubble.com podcast so gosh thank you yeah so i'm like oops Uh, that's what i get for hopefully he listened all all the way way through yeah he probably quit when he didn't get listened i'm paying all (laughs) well the fun thing is i thought i had saved that powerpoint in Microsoft OneDrive, because I hardly ever use OneDrive, but I thought I had just for giggles. And I get here and I'm like, uh, no, you didn't. I don't, it's saved locally on your hard drive somewhere. I'm like, oh, I got to. Yeah, OneDrive's really handy for that if you're, if you're a Windows guy yeah. um, or gal. Because I have you, all my uh, PowerPoint presentations for speaking and stuff like that. I always end up saving them at least once to OneDrive so that if for some reason 
something happens and I get to the event and I got to speak, I've got one in the cloud. And for whatever reason, I use OneDrive for that and I use Dropbox for, uh, for everything else. But, uh, well, and you can, you know, it doesn't have to be synced to your computer to get to it. You, there's, you could go to office.com or yeah. whatever through Windows credentials and pull it right off the web. So, that that works as well. In fact, you, you might if you are doing cloud syncing with with some of your, especially with some of your bigger podcast files, you might not want those to sync to right. every single location. You know, if you've got a smaller device and it has a smaller hard drive, you may want to think twice about having your OneDrive turned on. Otherwise, it's going to try and sync everything. And in a hotel, that could be a nightmare. Like uh. you could bring the hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> Uh, everybody else in the chat room is talking about the new, and I'll, I'll, I will oh, give them. I'm going let's to say so, I'm going to say something nice about Anchor. It's a new thing. They're finally doing something that will actually make money, and what they're doing is ripping off Patreon. Uh, and they have a. From what I saw this morning, I looked into this a little bit because uh, if you've never listened to the show, I'm not a fan of Anchor. They and I, I have to. Well, let me, I'll get to that on a whole nother level, but they have this new thing where you get your website.com slash, or I'm sorry, anchor.com slash your show, whatever. And when you click there, you can support people with either, I think it's one, five or $10 donations. And they're slightly, ever so slightly cheaper than Patreon. So they're, they're coming out. And so I, I look at this and go, well, at least finally they're making some money. Uh, the fun thing it's going to be, is uh, if you don't have any listeners, then that's not going to work. And Rob Walsh hinted in his speech at Podcast Movement uh, that the median downloads for people on Anchor is uh, zero, as in like most people that are using that tool have no listeners. And I know that's not the case, but I thought that was an interesting stat. But and speaking of interesting stats, because Rob can't say where he got that info from, uh, there's a thing when Anchor came out that they said now, like one out of three new podcasts is on Anchor. And then what was interesting is uh, James Cridlin had, or, or no, I think it was in their their press release. And there is a if you want to have fun, here we go. All the nerds, all the all the man, if you love stats. Kiss your Saturday goodbye. Uh, go over to chartable.com. And this is kind of a, uh, I don't know, I, I believe I signed up just to see what it is. But it's kind of one of those, see your rankings. Uh, and they have like charts from all these different apps. So Pocket Cast, Breaker, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, uh, of course, Apple Podcasts. And then it's like every, like, uh, just... You know, if I want to see the top philosophy podcasts and things like that, and then then you can go into each store. So the top podcast on philosophy in Great Britain, just you can seriously just lose yourself in stats in that. But the thing I thought that was interesting is if that is the source of this quote that one out of every three podcasts is on Anchor, I don't see the chart that would show that. I don't see like a newest podcast because that'd be an insane chart because according to Todd Cochran, there are about a thousand new podcasts every week, which would be 300 shows on anchor every week. And I'm like, well, maybe that's an option. We'll see. But, uh, um, I just thought it was interesting that they, they didn't quote exactly where that came from, but I'll be interested to see that to me, like I said, I, I, I don't like anchor because they're terms of service and there's a guy I uh I I will have to give him kudos here. Uh Jordan Haggins, Hagens, H A G E N S. Uh when I get home, one of the things I'm doing is I'm going to look up Facebook terms of service, I'm going to look up Twitter terms of service and YouTube terms of service cuz he keeps screaming it's the same terms of service as Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and I'm like no it's not because I'm pretty sure and this is where I'm like I got to get pretty out of there. I just got to be sure that if I delete my stuff on Facebook, it's gone. Now granted, the internet writes in ink, so I'm sure somebody could have copied and pasted something. But I'm pretty sure when I delete Facebook, it's not on Facebook anymore. And with Anchor, they have the right that like they still own your stuff. They could do whatever they want with it, and that's the the big stinker for me. Besides the fact that they block your your access to stats in in Apple Podcasts, you have to 
workaround for that. But Dave, it would be interesting to get to the bottom of, you know, they need to have some rights to your material right. to be able to, to broadcast it, to be able to distribute it. Right. And I think that's the, that's the, been the sticky point or the point of misunderstanding in this anchor thing is that I think some people are saying that, no, that gives them the rights to do anything they want. And, and I think the other side is saying, no, no, wait a minute. Twitter says that and Facebook says that because they also have to, they have to have some rights to your content right. to be able to, to, you know, do those things. Well, and, and, and so it would be, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said you were going to do this because I've been hearing this argument back and forth and I'm, I'd like to get to the bottom of it. I, I think it's going to take a lawyer, but I think, um, you know, cause this, we're talking about a lot of legal ease in there and I'm hearing a lot of shouting and hearsay without any anybody oh. actually quoting the terms of service. So it, I, I'd love to see you do that. Yeah, okay. uh, there's that. And then remind me later, we actually have a uh, an audio question. I totally forgot about that. Um, but I also, I miss Eileen saying that you can now toggle off the Anchor logo, anchor logo um, and post roll because they put Anchor branding in your show. Like this show is brought to you by Anchor or whatever. So... Um, but Ross says, can you take other people's content from their podcast on Anchor, or is it only what someone calls in another person's account? See, that's that's the thing. For me, it just sounded like they own your content, and, and almost every media host has some sort of thing. Because, like, what if we want to show Mark Marin's logo on a Libsyn page? Well, we have the rights to do that. We don't own the logo, and if you leave, we can't keep showing it, but we have the ability to show your logo. Um, I think if we wanted to, I don't know if we have the right to cut up your stuff, but that's where I need to, I just need to dig into terms, do a big old deep dive into terms and, uh, and go that route. And there's some interpretation in those terms too, uh, which is, you know, the art of something being legal or not legal is all really about the interpretation of it. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't, I do think my opinion is we've been a little unfair on anchor. My, I also think that Anchor has been very aggressive in what they're doing. So it's it's a new model. It, it, I am kind of glad we've been talking about Anchor and not SoundCloud, which is <laughs> I, I don't think I've heard SoundCloud in six months, which is great. <laughs> so it did. It, it Anchor did replace. You know, Anchor became the new the new um, you know um, the new thing to beat. As opposed to SoundCloud, so that's I'm just glad for that. The new dog to smack, yeah. Miss Eileen <laughs> I, says you. I was trying to stay away from those metaphors. Yeah, I, nah. I started getting into that. I'm like, you know, there's nothing I can say. No, it's going to be appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you think about it, beating dead horses, there are all sorts of. Uh, yeah, I guess that's kicking. This, yeah, yeah. The story behind mm. the phrase "beating a dead horse." Um, yeah. You cannot take other people's content unless they call into your show, says Miss Eileen. To which Daniel says, and then somebody chatted, and I lost. Here we go. Anchor's terms of service makes you grant rights to fellow users to use your content you upload to Anchor. There's no distinguishment between creator content and listener content. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll have to dig into this stuff. I wonder uh, how much of those terms of service were influenced by the way Anchor originally started, and then yeah. has moved right has moved into podcasting. And I wonder if those terms of services have not been. Because they didn't necessarily start with a focus on podcasting. And they were, um, uh, Bullhorn is a service right now that is Anchor 1.0. It's a thing where you you do little baby snippets and then people can somehow comment on those or whatever. But yeah, um, for for my day job, I spend a lot of time looking at our terms of services, privacy, those things for our coaches. And I just, uh, even our own, I read through them sometimes and I'm like, um, this is super vague. So this is kind of what this means. And, and even then I don't, I don't try to interpret. Like, I'm like, I can't, I, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't interpret. Yeah. Maybe off this to, is what it says, you know, <laughs> maybe I'll have to pull in Gordon Firemark. I'll have to uh, figure out the stuff and go, okay. That would actually be a pretty good interview, Dave. Lawyer to have speak. him take a look at this and give a, give his legal, yeah. you know, his legal thoughts on it. Um, but uh, hey, I'm going to roll the music. Just, just the Are question. The question yeah, is, can you it. hear this? You probably should not hear that. No, I don't. Okay, we have two minutes and six seconds from now. Okay. I will fade the music up, and that'll be the end of that. But yeah, I, for me, the um, I, the only thing that I like about this is Anchor's actually trying to make some money because they're spending money on studios in New York City. They spent a boatload of money at Podcast Movement on parties and stuff. Um, you know, they're 
they keep adding more features of which I go, okay, that's not going to bring in any money. That's not going to bring in any money. That's not going to bring in any money. So I'll be interested to uh, to see what they have to uh, to say. So yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, Jim, thanks for helping me out with uh, yeah. taking over the. Uh, all I really did was host the YouTube channel. Yeah. That's all. That's all I did. I, I, and I'm a podcaster, so it's easy to do. But uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad you took a chance on, on the hotel room. Well, so that's yeah. You I was know, like, this, please. I was really surprised. I have a Verizon hotspot, and it was worse than a hotel Wi-Fi. And I was like, oh, that's my backup plan. And my backup plan stinks. So I was like, please, hotel Wi-Fi. So, uh, what's coming up on the Average Guy TV? Yeah, you know, we, we are back to news reviews. We've been, I mentioned we talked a lot about hard drives uh, lately, and so we've just been we've been kind of focusing on deals. So if you're into tech and tech gadgets and deals, join us over uh, theaverageguy.tv and check us out. Awesome. And I will be uh, sharing more things that I learned in uh, Nashville. And there it is. I'm like, I don't hear the music. Uh, on uh, this week's episode of the School of Podcasting, and uh, I'll probably be reviewing some gear. I've got gear out my ears these days to uh to play with so that'll be coming up in the future i've still got the Tascam to play with i've got the mic me to play with and i've got a mix pre-six so uh thanks for tuning in stick around for some post shows.